to the Tutors of Life podcast, episode 78. This is your host, Sean Tudor. And this is Sam. This is going to be a Tudor episode. We're going to start saying what kind of episode it is. Oh, you don't think the title gives it away? Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but now it's double given. There we go. Yeah, love it. Okay, hopefully we can bring you some value today. If we don't, sorry. I don't apologize. I don't know. Oh, okay. Sounds good. All right, Sam, what are we talking about today? We are talking about interest rates. Interest rates. Thank you, Ryan, for bringing up the wonderful topic because on March 17th, uh, or four days ago, they did an interest rate hike. Mm -hmm. And they set out a plan for six more interest rate hikes for 2022. Um, And then I believe three more interest rate heights in 2023. Um, So this interest rate increase they did was uh, a quarter. So uh, 0.25% interest rate increase. What do they call it? 25 basis points? 25 basis points. There we go. So is each point just uh, 0.01%? Yes. Got it. So there's... 100 basis points in 1%. Yep. Yep. And so they increased this, the interest rate. And they plan to do six more 25 or 0.25% interest rate hikes. So this is from banks. Or like what, like what does this affect? Like just mortgage rates? No, this affect, well, so this would affect... A, a plethora of things. So if the 10-year treasury yield, I think it is 10-year treasury yield, yep. if that goes up due to these interest rates going up, which it's most likely going to, um, then mortgage rates increase. But this increase from the Federal Reserve, what this means is the bank now has to pay more money to get money. Okay. So the bank has to pay a higher percentage to get money. Okay. So then banks are obviously going to charge more money. Charge us a higher percentage. Yes, okay. To consume things. I was... Once I read this, uh, because it said this is the first hike they've done since 2018 yeah then i realized it wasn't just like because i remember wasn't it all banks just raised their like interest rates a couple months ago for mortgages yeah yeah so i the entire time we were learning about this today i was thinking it it was talking about that so i figured all banks had just raised their uh interest rates 25 uh, right yeah so it's the federal reserve rate the federal reserve raised interest rates got it so they so yeah, banks borrowing money from them has now raised yep. or interest. And okay. so now that that's raised, now consequently, well, you know, you'd figure banks are going to charge us more money now, a higher interest rate mm-hmm. to borrow money because it's costing them more money. So do you think banks raised interest rates at the beginning of the year, like in preparation for this or no? Yes. Well, so there was a lot of uncertainty um, 
what happened was if anybody's been following it for the past three months um at the beginning of 2022 they were talking like oh we're gonna do gradual like we're gonna do a gradual interest rate increase Mm -hmm. so nobody panic you know like it's not gonna be a big deal inflation's not gonna kill us all this stuff right right then they came out that inflation was seven and a half percent for the last quarter of 2021 i think oh wow yeah inflation was at seven and a half percent and then jerome powell was just like yeah so actually guys we lied let's panic we're gonna hike up rates so then banks started raising rates um just pretty much in preparation for the uncertainty and so now the good thing is they have a plan Mm-hmm. they laid out their plan, right? So in a perfect world, they're going to stick to their plan. And if they can stick to their plan, that is very good for us consumers because there's not going to be essentially uncertainty and scare in the markets. Mm-hmm. And that's what the one, who is Graham? Yes, we watched a few different people today. Yeah. Uh to like get some of this content, read some articles, watch the the address and stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah, I think it might have been Graham Stephan. What was he saying? Um, how they talked about maybe raising it fifty basis points. Was it the next one or the one after that? But he's like, that's probably just unlikely because that will just cause mass chaos. Mm, mm-hmm. Because they've already kind of announced their plan right now. Yeah, yep. So as long as they stick to the plan they announced, I think things are going to be, it's going to be okay. But we're going to break down some of the things that we can expect um, and things that might be able to help us move forward. Right? Yes. Cool? Sorry, I have a dog now. You have two dogs. Okay, what do we got, Sam? Um, should we talk about the Ukraine first? Oh, sure. Okay. So another thing that's playing a role, right? So right now, inflation's high, okay? Um, which means demand is very high. Goal is to bring, so by interest rates coming up, the hope is to bring demand down. And by bringing demand down, inflation can come down, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but so right now, we have the Ukraine war. Right. Now, every time we have uncertainty, so we saw this earlier in the year when there was uncertainty of what was going to happen with the Federal Reserve um, increasing interest rates, okay? There was uncertainty. Now there's a Ukraine-Russia war. That is also uncertainty. So that can cause a lot of things to go in weird directions. It can also hurt supply, supply chain, right? And supply chain being hurt can affect our demand and that can actually increase inflation also. Which we witnessed with toilet paper in 2020. Toilet paper in 2020. We witnessed that extreme inflation in cars right now because of chips, the chip shortage, right? Mm -hmm. So extreme demand, minimal supply. Mm -hmm. We saw that with gas over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Right, because they're afraid that we're going to be shut off from the oil supply. However, right now we see gas prices going down. Speculations of why gas prices are going down right now is there is another COVID outburst of sorts in China. China. And 
<laughs> and with that, there's less demand from China for fuel because lockdowns and shit because they're still doing that kind of stuff. Um, so they're doing less driving right now, which is good because that extra oil that they usually get, we can now get, right? Mm -hmm. So that is a speculation of why we are seeing gas prices drop now in the past five days. So... Okay, cool. Actually, I'm not going to ask my question because that is not about interest rates. So, Okay. Um, what is margin debt? Okay, so now we're getting into the pros and the cons of interest rates going up. Interest rates going up, why this can be a pro, we're going to touch on the quick pros, okay? Quick pros of why it's going up. Yes. We hopefully can help curb inflation. Inflation's high right now. Because the Federal Reserve thought it'd be really dope to print t over $10 trillion in the past two years. Geniuses. Yeah, so Federal Reserve out there being smart, print over $10 trillion. Now they're like, hey guys, we got to raise interest rates to help bring down the inflation that we just created that we're blaming on the Russia-Ukraine war. Even though it's been going on for two, two years. years. Yep, makes sense, Federal Reserve. Thank you. So with the high interest rates, right, helping curb inflation in theory, right? So that's good. Yes. Um, second thing, this is not going to happen right away, but it might happen down the line, maybe in a year, is right now, if you have money in a savings account not being invested, you are making dirt, okay? Aren't you losing money technically? Yeah, you're technically losing money because inflation is so stupid. But with uh, like high, high yield savings accounts like Ally, Capital One, or not Capital One, what the hell, uh, American Express has one, I think. I don't know. Ally, American, whatever, high yield uh, interest savings accounts, right? Um, Ally's the biggest one I know of. Anyhow, their interest rates will go from, they're at half a percent right now um, to, in theory, up to one to two percent before the whole COVID thing. Some of them were at 2.5 to 2.75%. Yeah, wasn't Ally at 2.75? When we first signed up for Ally in 2019, it was at 2.75%, which is actually more than inflation. So you're actually making a little bit of money by having your money in yeah. a savings account. That um, is not the same now. We also, just for fun fact, probably got our Ally accounts four months before COVID. Yep. And as soon as COVID hit, it just steadily dropped. 2.5, which is probably what it's been at for at the past year and a half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Almost, no, year and a half. Yeah. Um, so. That's the pros. That's the more pros. pros. That's the main, um, more pros of interest rates I going I mean, you'll probably up. get to some in here. Yeah, maybe. Okay, let's go to cons. All right, there's a thing called margin debt. So people that like to go on uh, Robinhood, they like to trade stocks, they like to trade cryptos. Right now, there's a thing called margin debt. Essentially, it is a loan. You get to loan out money at 3%, 4%, 5% interest rate, whatever, that you then take and throw into stocks, more stocks. If you reach a certain level of debt to margin ratio, they can call margin, okay? What that means is, I don't know the exact amount, and it, all, it actually changes depending on the... Um, like the risk of the stocks and stuff like that, the risks of the cryptos, things like that. So if you have, say, 40% margin debt, 60% um, 
like 60% of your own equity and you tick down and say your margin is called when you are at 50% and 50%, right? So when you're even, your margin debt's called. So then you'd have to start paying off some of that margin. Mm -hmm. The problem is right now, what could happen, and this is, hmm, if there's uncertainty, this will most likely happen. If we can keep the uncertainty to a minimum, most likely this won't happen, okay? <laughs> Stocks are at a, all like They're at a low. They're at a super low right now. So if they if if we keep things certain and there's not scare and uncertainty, they should slowly start climbing up. Interest rates though are going to keep hiking up and hiking up. Typically, when interest rates hike up in the Federal Reserve, stocks start to go down, okay? But we're in a weird time in the world, and it has happened in the past where interest rates go up, but stocks still keep going up. But typically, interest rates going up, stocks going down. Which is incredibly because stocks are already so far down. Right, and so here's where it could be an issue. People have been using margin, okay? They've been using margin as stocks have been coming down over the past 16 weeks they've been coming down, yeah. I think, 16, 16, 20 weeks stocks have been coming down for. So people have been getting margin and putting margin into their stocks. Their positions keep getting slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. They, you know, their positions are getting tighter and tighter where they are chipping into their equity more and more and more and more. Some people are getting margin called and having to put more money in to not have all of their margin called, right? Mm -hmm. um, to keep their equity position above what they call margin at. And so, essentially, your little loan, okay, right now, we keep chipping away at the equity by stocks continuing to fall. Mm -hmm. If interest rates start going up a lot and stock prices keep falling, that's more people's margin debt is going to be called. That's more people are going to have to essentially pay themselves out of a hole paying off their loans. Mm -hmm. Okay? Okay. Here's the second problem about margin debt. So that's kind of similar to like, uh, like foreclosures on a house? Or no? E yeah oh, okay so it would be a foreclosure on the house in the fact that um you have a loan and you're not paying your loan right yes. so that would be the same thing if your margin is called but you're not paying your margin mm -hmm. um they're going to start taking your equity oh. in your other stocks like they'll just sell your stocks and okay. shit and take it so cool. yeah Anyways, um so what is neat here, right, is most margin is a variable interest rate. Um, so with a variable interest rate, say right now your margin's at 3%, you're borrowing at 3%, life's hunky-dory. We have interest rates going up in the Federal Reserve. People are going to change what their margin is. Um, so now your margin might go from a 3% to a 4% or a 5%, maybe a 6%, you know, whatever it is, you're going to have your margin percentage increased, which means you need to make more money on the margin to pay it back, but you're already hurting because shit keeps plummeting because interest rates continue to go up. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a double whammy. If you're holding a lot of margin right now, um, hopefully you can pay some of that off. 
um, if they, you know, if those interest rates start to hike up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, be prepared in that, in that realm. Yeah. And that's what like a lot of them are saying where right now is a good time to start paying off your debts. Yep. Um, credit card debts, especially because those rates are super, super high. Yeah. So credit cards, right? We'll get into credit or you want to talk, you, you talk about credit cards. I'll talk a little bit. Yeah, go, go, go. We just lost the dog. That's okay. Um, so credit cards, yeah, their interest rates are variable. Yep. So for credit cards, cause their rates are so much higher than like home loans, it goes up so much faster. So they said like right now, if your credit card, like percentage is at 15%, it can very easily go up to 20 or 25%. Yeah. They said for every quarter, it goes up at the federal reserve. Um, you can expect to see a 1% increase on your credit cards. Yeah. So, I mean, it can vary. Four, four times the amount. Yeah. It'll very quickly get up there. So, definitely start paying your credit card debt. And the one video we watched, he was, like, showing how much people um, are in debt, like, on credit cards and student loans. Yeah. It's, like, on average $28,000 per person. So, a millennial, the average millennial has $28,000 in consumer debt. Mm-hmm. Which would be uh, credit cards or a car. Yeah. Or like, yeah, really credit cards, car, personal loan, shit like that, consumer are debt. car rates um, variable? Car rates are typically not variable, but we'll see car interest rates increase as um, the Federal right. Reserve interest Which, rates increase. That makes yep. sense. Yep. Um, and then also if you have a student loan with a variable interest rate, yep. that is also going to go up. Obviously not as crazy. Right. As credit cards, unless right. if you somehow had a student loan that had crazy high. That wouldn't make sense, rate. no. I think there were some companies that, like, it's almost like a credit card. Jeebus. But student loan debt. That's okay. Yeah. Um, luckily, like, all my student loans, uh, it's a fixed percentage mm-hmm. rate. So, I think when I got them, it did vary. So, I think there were some yeah. years I had, like, a 4.25 and then other years that had a 2.75. So, when I started paying them off... Uh, a couple of years ago, I made sure to put extra on all the ones with the higher interest rates. Right. And then everything went to zero percent. So. Did you know that um that's not that's not what you're supposed to do? Dave Ramsey would have been mad. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Go ahead. Um. What else did you want me to talk? Okay. So. Oh, car rates. Uh. Well, yeah. I mean, car rates are are going to do the same thing. They're going to go up. Mm, um. Meet Kevin doesn't think prices are going to go down for cars though. I don't think prices for cars are going to go down until they can figure out the chip shortage. Yeah. Which, if interest rates go up, then hopefully less people start buying cars. So then the demand of them will go down. So... That will bring the price down. Yeah. Yep. To help curb inflation. Yeah. Kind of comes full circle. It really does. Um, we have next, house, or well, HELOCs, home equity lines of credit. Oh, yeah. And ARMS. And arms. These can be variables. So, um, an arm is a fuck. Amateurized. Amateurized. Yeah. Damn it. I know this. I know this, guys. Anyways, what it means is you have an arm for a loan, um, and depending on the terms you set up, depend on what the interest rates. How do I say this? Okay, so... Depends on the length of the arms. The so length like, of the arms. It's usually like 5, 7, or 10 years. 3, 5, 7, 10. 
And I think we did hear someone say they've heard of 15. 15, that's agency debt, though. We're not talking about that. Oh, okay. Oh, whatever. I mean, but, I mean it's real. Yeah. But it's, so, it's just the length of time that you can lock in a interest rate. Yes. Um, do most banks do it like Wisconsin? Where we, if it's... No. Okay. Most banks, <coughs> you have a maturity date. So after five... So um, I'm going to give you real life examples. My current rate is four and a half percent. I lock it in for a five-year arm over a 25-year amortization. So my loan length is 25 years, 25-year amortization. I have a five-year arm. So at the end of five years, my note is due. It's done, right? I need to sign another arm. Mm -hmm. So at the end of that five years, I need to sign another arm. It doesn't matter what the interest rate's at. You're signing another five-year arm or paying it off or paying off the loan at five years. Mm-hmm. I think I remember <clears throat> at Citizens, you could renew it like a year early, like only one year early. Okay. Okay, if interest rates are good. Yeah. You, we can also do that at Wisconsin. The guy said, so I, we'll get into that in a minute. Okay, sorry. End of the five years, boom, I need to get into a new loan, Okay. Whatever the interest rates are, that's what I'm getting in at. So if I had uh, an arm with a variable interest rate coming up in the next year, um, knowing that Federal Reserve is going to increase over the whole year, it's going to go up 1.75%. As long as they stick to the plan, it's going up 1.75%. That's big. And that's just this year, right? That's just this year. And then you said year. another three next another year? Another three next year would be another 0.75. So I mean... You got something coming up at the end of the year. You're not in a good. You're not in a good spot, Chief. Yeah, you better see if you can sign early now. Yeah, absolutely, because you're going to be locking in at a high interest rate, mm-hmm. right? Um, now that is the typical arm setup, right? Right. Um, our HELOC for our primary home is fixed interest rate. Yes. But our line of credit, we had uh, with a different property that I don't currently have anymore, was not fixed. That was variable. Oh, so that's dangerous. It was. It was. It was one year. It was one year arms. One year arms. Oh, one year arms okay. for that. For that. Yep. She had to resign every year with new interest rate. That sounds awful. Yeah, it can. It can set you up for failure, and that's where a lot of people. You gotta fucking utilize these things, right? You yeah. you got you cannot be foolish with this stuff. You you don't get a HELOC on your home to fucking build a new deck. Right. You you know you don't you don't get a HELOC for consumer shit. Foolish. You get it for investing. <coughs> so I max out my HELOC all the time. But we pay it off. But we pay it off when we sell a property or whatever. Right. So we only have it for a max of like two months, maybe three. Three right. So Okay, worst case Ontario, that rolls into the next year. You have to sign and you get hit with a couple months of high interest rates. Dude, it's not a big deal. You utilize that money for a real reason. Say you're the average Joe 
and you got a HELOC or a line of credit for consumer debt, and you're just making your forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, but you got to pay off twenty, thirty thousand before that thing hikes up, mm-hmm. you're the individual in a in a tough spot. Yeah. And so, people got to utilize credit smart. Oh yeah, and we we have other podcasts about that as well about yeah. good debt and bad debt. Oh, absolutely. So, right now, our one HELOC, though, I'm pretty sure is fixed for, like, a while. That's what I thought. Because when they mentioned that in the video, I do not remember them saying that our interest rate was... Because I'm pretty sure it was locked in at, like, 3.5 or something, or 4.25. It's at... No, it's at uh, 4.5. We chose 4.5. We locked it in at 4.5% interest rate. I don't remember... For 10 years. 10 years. 4.5% interest rate for 10 years... So we should yep. really get our. So when we get our house reappraised, uh-huh. do they? Do we just get to keep that HELOC, and they just get to raise like the value of it? Like you know how? Yeah, I see what cards? you're saying. I see what you're saying. I don't know. I think we'll ask them that before okay. we do it because if it's going to hike up a lot, we're just not even going to do it. Right. Because that's what I'm curious <clears> if it's just like credit cards where they're like, oh, like we increased yours uh, right. limit to blah blah blah. Right. But like everything else stays the same. Right. Eh. On to the next thing, gang. So that's HELOCs and variable um, Ooh, housing prices. Oh, let me let me finish with the Wisconsin thing, right? Yeah. Just so people people understand. Uh, at Wisconsin, I did a portfolio loan. I chose them for a reason. I shopped around and I found a good uh, a good uh, place to get my portfolio loan because I uh, conglomerated eight properties. And this is home. why, like, this is. A good example of shopping around. Shop around. Don't be foolish. This is this right here saves me well over a thousand dollars a month. Oh yeah, um, shop around and look at like local credit unions. Credit unions and community banks. Yes. So <clears throat> those are our two best decisions, and you don't have Do to like apply that? everywhere. Like just talk to a loan yeah. officer, and they can tell you. All of their like details and what they can do. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't apply at any of these places. I just called bank after bank after bank after bank after bank, and I said, "What is? What's your portfolio commercial loans look like? You know, um, what is your interest rates? What's your arm lengths? What's your uh, amortization uh, time?" And I got that all figured out, and I found the best spot. Actually, U.S. Bank was the second closest. That's impressive. That doesn't even make sense. No. But anyhow, um, so your portfolio loan. Portfolio loan with Wisconsin. This is different than the typical loans, and I really, really like this. So I got a twenty-five year amortization. So twenty-five year long loan. I had a choice between a three year, a five year, a seven year. They didn't offer me the ten year. But I was like, what can we do? And they're like, hey, actually, we can approve it. And they approved me for a 10-year. That's dope. That's dope. Here's what happened, though. Their base, their prime uh, lo- their prime loan amount, their interest rate mm-hmm. was 3%. Okay? Okay. If I went with the three-year arm, they would have given me an interest rate of 2.875. They would have lowered it for me to go with the three-year arm. But it's more risky if interest rates, as we know, interest rates yep. are increasing. And so, dude, if I would have, I did that at the end of last year. Dude, by 2020, 
five. Like it'll, it'll probably Dude, be over double. Though. I would imagine so. Mm-hmm. So anyhow. The fun part about this. Yeah, I had a three year. The five year option was at three percent. The seven year option was at three point two five percent, and the or three sorry three point five percent three point five percent, and the ten year option was three point seven five percent. Okay. So I was like, hey, you know what? I did the calculations. Um, I think it was something like, oh, the three and a half compared to the three point seven five was like two hundred dollars a month that it costed me. Um, but I was like, ah, fuck it, that's fine. Um, I don't really care. So I took the extra 25% interest rate because I wanted at least a seven-year. So 3.75, 10-year arm. At the end of the 10 years, it is not. it does not come to maturity at 10 years. That lock just ends at 10 years, and then it's a monthly variable interest rate. Mm-hmm. Why, this, why this is amazing. I talked with the banker and stuff. I... I can't refi at seven years. Or I can't, sorry, I can't lock in a new at seven years. But he says from year like eight to 10, if interest rates are low, I can, there's a very, very high likely chance that I will be able to lock in um, from year eight to 10 with a low interest rate. That's so dope. Now, if I reach year 10 and interest rates are higher than I want to lock in for, right? Mm -hmm. I can just sit. On a monthly variable, for I can sit on that for the next 15 years if I want. The banker said he's got people that just sit on that because interest rates aren't where they want. And I can just sit on that variable monthly interest until rates are low enough and then I can lock them in. And that's like good to do too because you'll know plenty ahead of time when rates are going up and down. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure a lot of those people that are at the monthly thing are probably just like, you know what? I'll lock it in now. Right. Yep. Knowing I, that it's going to go up at least two and a half percent in the next year. Dude, I was I was reading some shit. It was like eighty percent of homeowners or investors refinanced in the last two years. Eighty percent. Incredible. Yeah, you want to know what's crazy? Think of all the five year arms that are coming up, dude. Oh yeah, people that probably did it right at twenty twenty. Uh, I'm telling you right now, there is a possibility. And this is just me foresighting. People, you know, whatever. I'm just foresighting. I think 2026, there might, if things continue to go the way that we're seeing the trends are going right now, there's going to be, I believe, a lot of like foreclosures or a lot of. So, oh, it's uh, going to be a buyer's market. It's going to be a buyer's market. And I say that because people won't be able to afford their loans if their interest rates go to 7%. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That That is just me speculating that if things continue on the way they are and interest rates go from people, people were locking in interest rates at like 3%, 3.5%. At the end of that five years, if their shit goes to 6 7%, they might not have been calculating for that. Um, You know, they could be in for a, a, a world of hurt. Because what if we have... we it can go up to like 7 or 8% and we still are okay. All, every property we have at a minimum, some or more, at a minimum, our worst property can go to 7% interest rate and we'll break even. That's awesome. Yep, and that's with saving for CapEx maintenance and vacancy. And that's how you do it right. 
I guess so. Um, what else? So Ooh. that's variable interest rates. Yeah, I really liked the point they said for every 1% move in interest rates is a 10% change in buying power. Yep. So um, we talked about this on a previous episode. Yeah, we did. But I still love saying it though. For every 1% increase in interest rate, um, so right now the prime is at, uh, for a 30 year, it's at like 4.1, I think, depending on the market, 3.75. It's like 3.75, 3.875, 3.875 to 4.1 right now is what I've been seeing. Okay, mm-hmm. following? Mm-hmm. So if that goes to 4.8 to 5.1%, um, typically um, in a normal economy, housing prices would fall by 10%. Yeah. But right now, um, there is still such a high demand for houses. Um, I don't foresee that happening. I don't foresee housing prices going down all that much. I don't honestly foresee it until probably the end of 2023. I think so many things have to go wrong for it to happen. Mm-hmm. And like our life cycle, we're in, I've looked at the life cycle of real estate and I know it's coming. It is coming. But I don't believe we're in that stage yet. I think we're a few years out. I think it's going to be a slow, a slow yeah. decline. Yep. Uh, it's not going to be anything like huge. Unless there's a full correction for inflation. If yeah. we if if we decided that we're not going to do these six hikes slowly and the three hikes next year, and we decide, bam, we're going to implement it tomorrow, that's where we'll see the crash. That's where we'll see the depression. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as we play it smart, I, I don't foresee it happening. Yeah. Um, there's only one more point I wanted to make. What's the last point? Uh, oh, do you think interest rates rising um, and like demand and supply chain issues? Do you think we're going to see more uh, smaller cars instead of big SUVs like we've seen in the past couple, actually probably the past decade? I think it's really going to depend on our economy and how well the U.S. economy is doing. Mm-hmm. If inflation stays this high, mm-hmm. if gas prices continue to be elevated and we do not start producing our own fuel here in the United States because we are the, I think we're the second, we're either the first or second largest oil reserve in the world, okay? So that's oil that we're just hoarding and not using? correct because we want to be green by first off we want to be green have you guys looked into how much fucking fuel it takes to transport a ship from overseas to us to give us oil i bet you it's a lot dude it is a disgusting amount it I don't remember the amount okay sean that's not what this podcast is about but it gets out of hand oh okay so anyways I think if we become oil independent Mm -hmm. again, again, then I do not think we will see that happen. You know, gas prices will come down. Our economy will be extremely strong. If we can, if we can be independent in a lot of our stuff we manufacture and produce and Mm -hmm. consume, um, I think we'll see bigger. If we continue to import most of our stuff, um, most of our oil, most of our manufacturing, a lot of the stuff that we consume, mm-hmm. and we continue to get more and more dependent, I think we could see uh, vehicle sizes actually go down um, and smaller because our economy is going to be going down. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, that's a trend that they've seen over the past fucking 50 years is um, as the economy is doing better, the cars get bigger. As the, economy, as the economy does worse, cars get smaller. Yeah. So I think so, it's just depending on, on how independent our United States can be. Yeah. So definitely like around like 2008 is when uh, small cars were like a huge thing again. And it was probably for a while, like at least, oh my, I was in college when I started seeing more trucks and bigger SUVs again. Right. When Obama was in office. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it was like towards the end of his reign, I think when is when we started seeing more. When the economy started going up again. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But 08 was the housing market crash and shit, and there was a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. So I think once that hit, a lot of people started selling their big trucks, mm-hmm. getting smaller cars again, because mm-hmm. gas prices were high. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it was, would we figured out the other day, it was like 2010 when they were really high? Uh, 2009? 10. 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah. I know I was driving for part of it. Okay, that's what we got. Cool. Anything else? Um, follow us on Tutors of Life on Instagram and TikTok. And, and Facebook. And check us out on tutorsoflife.com for our blogs. And check out our YouTube. Yes, watch our YouTube. There we go. Tutors of Life. Okay, bye everybody. Say goodnight, Sean. Good night, Sean. Tutor. Sam. Yeah.